Welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only. I'm your host, Matt Winnetoy. I'm here with Jason Simmons. Jay, I think what are we on? The eighth episode of the season? How are you feeling so far? I'm feeling good. I don't think we're that far. I think it's only like the fifth one, maybe, because we've been <laughs> slacking a bit. But look at this was only two weeks since our last one, I think, depending on when, when you get this out. Hey, we promised you guys the consistency was coming. Uh, we had a busy couple months, you know, over Christmas break and everything. Jay, you had COVID. I apologize to all the listeners. I'm currently in a little bit with COVID myself right now. I uh, did a little ski trip up in Whistler. And uh, you know how those go, Jay. You're kind of done skiing around 2 o'clock, and then you head to the bars till about midnight. So it was, the, uh, it was a bit inevitable that I was probably going to catch something from the trip. So if I sound a little raspy, now you guys know. Yeah, especially when you know you're licking the chairlift and stuff, you, you're probably gonna catch something. So, uh, but you know, I think the the raspy voice, I think it's kind of sexy. I think our listeners are gonna like it. Yeah, I hope it boosts some viewership, right? Like, uh, yeah, it brings a little different element to this episode. So uh, let's get into it. I know there's you mentioned it, Jay. We are only what two weeks since our last episode, but we've been going back and forth through text. Like, so much stuff has happened over the last honestly few weeks that we had to touch on we had to bring you guys an episode so I guess speaking of relevant news you know the Olympics are on have you been able to watch any I think Canada played China this morning in hockey which is just funny to say in general but we got the win have you been watching at all or or what are your thoughts on the Olympics this year yeah I've been trying to watch some I love the Olympics um I've been really enjoying the snowboarding uh, and obviously with some Canadians doing well in those events, it's, it's more fun to watch. But the, the problem is, you know, you have to stay up so late to watch it. I guess for you, it's a bit better out in the West Coast. You can kind of catch some of those those night times. But for us here in Ontario, it's you got like one night I stayed up till two with my sister and we watched the finals for the the snowboarding slope style and or not slope style, the, the snowboarding race one or whatever. And uh, it was fun, but I was pretty tired the next day when I had to wake up for work. So Yeah, it's brutal. I've... How about you, though? Are you watching some? Here and there. I haven't really dabbled too much in the hockey. Like, I watched Canada versus U.S., but I was more just bummed out because that would have been such a good matchup if, obviously, the NHLers were there. But nonetheless, same as you, watching a bunch of the skiing and snowboarding, it is a lot better on the West Coast. Like, for us, it's kind of like 9 o'clock to midnight is all the key events, uh, Pacific time, mm-hmm. so... Watched the Big Air Finals last night. That was fun. I was cheering for Mark McMorris to win, but fortunately the guy just can't get a gold, and uh, it was tough. But uh, no, it's fun, obviously, cheering on Canadians. It's the one thing I've noticed this year, Jay, is like I swear everyone competing is like age 16 to 20. It ages us so quickly, eh? Yeah, I saw, like, I think it was in the snowboarding last night. There was a, a Chinese athlete that was 17, and they were saying like, oh, it's it's his or her or whatever second olympics and i was like how is that even possible i guess because you know the the other winter olympics wasn't that long ago because of covid and everything but like yeah still the fact that you're 17 and you've already been in the olympics twice is pretty incredible <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely humbling knowing that people our age were 25 uh are on their like third olympics and the some of the events so yeah it's yeah, tough when it they makes call... you question everything sometimes yeah it's tough when they call mark mcmorris old and he's you know two years older than us like i remember growing up watching his youtube videos and stuff like that kind of that kind of makes us feel a little bit old oh it's brutal <laughs> it's brutal but yeah always good to watch the olympics but let's get into some nhl talk here jay i think um 
where do we start? There's so many headlines. I think let's start with what took over the headlines. I don't know if it was expected or not, but Ducharme in Montreal, the head coach, was fired. The Canadians obviously are kind of near the bottom of the standings and had a huge fall from grace from making the finals last year. And they replaced him with Marty St. Louis. What are your initial thoughts on this? Do you like the move or not? Well, yeah, my initial thoughts was, wow, Montreal is really cleaning house this year because I think they've now they've fired everybody that was kind of in management there last year. Um, so that was my first thought. Second thought about St. Louis, I, I love him as a player. And, you know, I think I saw his tweet or, or his comment about it. And he said, you know, people underestimated me when I was coming into the league as a player. And now they're underestimating me coming in as a coach. But I'm going to take the same approach. And that's just, you know, work my bag off pretty much. Just work as hard as I can. And, you know, I think he's going to do it. He, he's When he played in the league, you could tell he was such a good, you know, person and, and just he, he was good at you know talking to people and making connections with people so I mean that's gonna obviously help him in this this new role and yeah I mean he's gonna have some growing pains for sure but um, like he said he, he's gonna work super hard and, and I do believe that so I, I think it's gonna be a good decision um, for Montreal and again he brings a lot of fans with him because everyone loves him yeah well I'll tell you my first thoughts I thought this was like Gretzky 2.0 as a coach I'd like your thoughts on this, Jay. You see a lot of players, you know, finish their careers and kind of take front office or management positions. It's like the these kind of funny titles of I don't even know what they're in charge of, but they're part of the organization. There's not too many ex-players within, let's say, five or ten years of retirement who are NHL coaches. What do you think? Do you think that's a much harder challenge for Marty to kind of navigate that? And then you add in he's got in my opinion, a horrible roster that he's working with and one of the most demanding fan bases in the NHL. Do you think this is like a setup for failure or do you think he'll be able to navigate his way through it? Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard. And when you put it that way, like it's definitely going to be harder than it first seemed to me probably. But I mean, he, he's got to know the game really well, right? Like he played on some very good teams with some very good players. He, he definitely understands the game, but I get what you mean where it's, you know, it's not as easy of a transition um, for a player to go to coach. So in that aspect, I kind of would have liked to see him, you know, get a little bit more experience probably at a lower level. Like, has he coached at all in the AHL or anywhere? No, maybe his son in like minor peewee AAA, but I don't think he's coached anywhere. And that's my first thoughts. I'm like, this is not going to end well. I don't know. Montreal doesn't have the best track record of head coaches, so I don't want to say he has the biggest shoes to fill, but man, that's going to be tough, and I feel like there's a lot of problems to solve on that team. You think of Carey Price and you know some of the young guys who maybe have had a rough year, and then uh, I think you can kind of sense the direction that the team's heading, trading to Foley, who is one of your best forwards. Hey, you're in rebuild mode, and it's never easy as a coach in rebuild mode, because uh, obviously you're trying to win, but... Uh, you don't really have the pieces to do so. Yeah. One one thing that might be more of a joke that rather than serious, but one thing that could be beneficial is that, you know, his his playing style and his just stature alone is very similar to that of, like, Cole Caulfield or even Nick <laughs> Suzuki a bit. So I wonder if maybe that's what it was. Bring him in, mentor those small guys, teach them how to play well. Do you think he's jumping in line rushes in playoffs? Or in practice, sorry? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I bet, he's, I bet looking... he's the coach who's definitely in there, probably giving a couple 
cross checks to Caulfield in the corners, toughening him up. A yeah, bit. he looks over at Cole. He goes, "Hey, Cole, sit this one out. I'm, I'm taking this one." <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a set of skates in the bench during the games, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll make the player coach comeback. Like you know, he'll be a player coach. That'd be pretty sweet. I could see it. I'd be down too. You know, kind of gives me Yammer Yager vibes. Yeah. All right, but transitioning to, I think we touched on it, the Tyler Toffoli trade. That was kind of unexpected. I didn't think Montreal's looking to deal him. Like, he's not that old, and he's still probably in the prime of his career and has a few years left. They dealt him to Calgary for, I don't know what the return was. I think a lot of, a couple young prospects. And first. A first, a fourth, and a and two prospects. Yeah. Yeah. So, clear sense of direction of where those two teams are headed. What were your thoughts on the trade? Who do you think came out on top, or do you think this was maybe just uh, a win-win based on you know Calgary maybe looking to compete in Montreal, obviously going for the rebuild? No, I, I think it was a pretty good trade for both teams. Like Montreal is rebuilding, and so they're gonna have to start clearing house really and started getting future assets for it so the fact that you traded to foley which i think they signed as a free agent a couple years ago if i'm not wrong yeah from um, la right and so you signed him a couple years ago i think their thinking would be well we can flip them now for a first a fourth and two young guys I, I think you had told them that two years ago i think they would have they would have taken that in a heartbeat right so i think it's a good trade for them and then on Calgary's side you know they have a pretty good team this year um i really like you know they they don't just have skill they have some grit to them which i like um with like blake coleman and even even kachuk's kind of a little more gritty um and you know adding tyler to foley who can score and kind of bring that physical side of things i think is only gonna bolster them so maybe a bit steep if you look at you know like a trade like last year for uh felino from the leafs like they it was a very similar kind of package i think his was a first and a third and that didn't turn out very well for the leafs um, so hopefully this turns out a little bit better for Calgary. Yeah, no, I think Calgary's got a good little core. If you had to bet the house on which team wins more playoff games this year, would you say Toronto or Calgary? Oh, you're making this tough on me here. I don't That's know. really close. I think both are top 10 teams. You could almost argue top like seven or eight. Yeah, like, I mean, I you know, the Leafs fan in me wants to say the Leafs, but my, my head's saying Calgary. I think they're just, they have such a good coach. Like I just said, they play that, they can play that more gritty style, which has yet to be seen with the Leafs still. Um, and especially when it comes to playoff time, we all know that kind of gritty style of hockey usually, usually fares a little bit better. So I would probably say Calgary, honestly, if I was using my head. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it'll be close though, like both those teams should win a playoff round or at least be the higher seed but we will see nonetheless cup uh, speaking of i guess cup final prediction or what what's that cup prediction oh my gosh could you imagine a toronto calgary finals that'd be electric i'd be into it i'd definitely be into that that would be sweet mm-hmm. i think uh i hope in our lifetime we get an all canadian nhl finals i think that would be so cool but who knows we're halfway there last year so there's always hope um but yeah, speaking of Western Canada teams, we mentioned them a bit on the last episode, but sure enough, they're still in the headlines two weeks later. Edmonton fired their coach. I think they brought in, uh, what do you call it, like a fill-in for the season, but not like a full-time hire. So yeah, like an they're in a weird spot. Yeah, an interim. Yeah, so they're in a weird spot. They have Evander Kane who, hey, I was a skeptic, but it looks like he's playing well and working out for them. So 
you could chalk that one up, I guess, early stage as a good move. But what are your thoughts on, you know, replacing the coach? Do you think that's the issue there? Or do you think it goes deeper than uh, coaching in Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the coach needed a change, obviously. Like, you have so much talent there, and you're not getting the results. Not, not even that you're not getting the results, but, like, you're not even in the playoff spot right now. And with arguably two of the top five, let's say, players in the world, maybe top three players in the world, you should be in a playoff spot every single year. So, obviously, something needed to change. I don't know if that was necessarily the coach's problem or his fault, let's say. Um, just sometimes, you know, a coach and players, they just don't mesh well. So, uh, Dave Tippett was in Edmonton before, right? He's the one who got fired. I mean, I, everything I've seen from him in the past, like I like him as a coach, but I guess it just didn't really work in Edmonton, which can be the case. No, I know. I, I agree with you full heartedly. I think we talk about this all the time. Like it seems to be more of the management or the front office. Like you have two of the best players in the league and you're not building around them. So I don't know how that is a coaching issue, but to me, I think the biggest problem stems from Edmonton's lack of, I guess, ability to recognize you have these players in their prime who could be, I guess, the core to a Stanley Cup winning team, and you're not really fixing the pieces that you need, whether it's forward depth or, I guess, defensive help or a goalie as well. So it'll be interesting. I feel like this is going to be like a Band-Aid type situation where... Edmonton just felt they need to change something, so they replaced the coach. But in the end, I don't know if replacing Dave Tippett is going to help this team turn it around and make the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah, and it, and it just goes to show, and it might hurt kind of the argument for the style of team where it's, you know, very top-heavy, like the Leafs. Um, it just shows how hard it is to fill those or fix those problems or fill those holes Um when you don't have, you know, a ton of flexibility with your cap. Um, I, I mean, with Edmonton, they have, what, 24, 23 million locked up between those two. Um, so very similar to Leafs, yeah, where it's just it just ties your hands and really trying to get that depth, getting good D, getting a good goalie, which, as we've all seen in the playoffs, that's what you need, and that's what you need to win a Stanley Yeah, it's true. So. I think, like, depth is what sets you apart at the end of the day yeah you can probably rely on your stars to get a few wins during the regular season but i think history shows it's kind of like those like second third and fourth line guys that when the stars are getting shut down because it's such a different game of playoffs like with the line matching right so you assume every team you play against you're probably going against their best defensive forwards matching up with your stars so you kind of just need those games where the third line shows up and that's kind of been the Achilles heel of Toronto and probably Edmonton's core as well and that's why teams like Tampa or Boston have been so successful over the last few years yeah exactly Tampa's a perfect example of it right they have solid depth all the way from top to bottom of their lineup there you don't really find holes in theirs whereas you look at the Leafs you look at Edmonton it's pretty clear okay you know their bottom of their lineup or their defense just isn't as strong so yeah well let's talk about Boston I think this is a good time uh holy what a week of headlines for them so we'll start with Tuka Rask retires this has been a weird saga in itself like he sat out last year I think for COVID reasons um if I'm not mistaken, he had a newborn and didn't want to risk it at the time. Came back halfway well, sorry, through the year. First, sorry, first to cut you off. He first, he went to the bubble, right? But then he left because he oh, didn't did like he? the atmosphere. Remember he oh, said he probably just hated the there. bubble. 
yeah, he's just like without the fans there, it's like boring to play in this this hockey. So that was that whole ordeal. But then, yeah, going on to this year, I, I don't know really what happened. I'll let you continue though your thought there. <laughs> I have no clue. Like I think he came back halfway through the year, played a few games, and then just called it quits. Like I don't know what the decision behind it was. Like I don't think he's old. He's still obviously a good goalie, but do you think that like? Yeah, I think he's only. I think he's only 33. I don't know if it was, like, an injury or if he has something that's going on. I, I don't know. Maybe he just lost his love for the game. I mean, he hasn't been playing for 15, 16 years, ever since he was, like, 19, I think, right, in the Boston organization. So maybe he just got tired of it, which could happen. I feel like some of these European guys, too, they're not afraid to call it early. You don't see it too much with, you know, the Canadians or the Americans. They probably want to, like, extend their careers. You see them going over to Europe, but... For Tuca, maybe he's like, screw this. I don't want to live in Boston anymore. The team's not as good as we have been in the past, and it's just not as fun playing. So I don't know if he'll ever come back, but hey, Leafs legend. Leafs draft pick. So there's that's something at least. But uh, Not only not only a Leafs draft pick, he's also maybe one of the worst Leafs trades in all time. What was the trade? Was that the Kessel deal? Yeah, I think it was him, Dougie Hamilton, and a first pretty much for, for Kessel. Oh yeah, good deal. Yeah, that that really worked out well. So, uh, good job, Leafs, uh, trading potential two Hall of Famers for Phil the Thrill. But hey, he gave us a lot of entertainment in his couple of years with the Leafs, nonetheless. But yeah, Jay, another thing on the Bruins headlines. Did you see the Marshawn uh, debacle with Tristan Jari? He seemed to like. I don't even know what happened there. If Jari said something to him, but he took a swing at him skated back around, took a little slash to the head, got a six-game suspension, making him, I believe, the most suspended player of all time. So what were your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I think it actually is stemmed from, like, at the end of one of the periods, Jari, like, had the puck up on a stick and was going to throw it over the boards to, like, a fan. And Marshawn was just skating by and just hit it off his stick, like, kind of as a joke, I think. But Jari seemed to not like it and kind of gave him some words. But then I, I don't know, like, how it that went to Marshawn coming and you know slashing him in the head like you said I don't know how it escalated to that but I mean I had a good laugh when I saw that Marshawn was the most suspended player in NHL history or whatever because it just makes so much sense like he's always been in the news for the past 10 years of doing stupid things right like he licked a guy's face he's bit people's fingers like He's just he's just a comedian when it comes to that sort of thing now, but uh, he is probably the most hated person in the whole NHL, I would think at this point. Yeah, he just goes through these weird little fits on the ice where you watch him for a game and you're like, yeah, this guy's the best player on the ice. Like he's an incredible hockey player, and then the next shift he's out there, he's starting a line brawl basically. Um, so it's it's funny. I, I'm entertained watching him. Not one of my favorite players, but. You know, I think the suspension was six games probably makes sense for what he did, especially to a goalie. I think that's always going to be a bit more than if you, you know, took a two-hand at a player. Uh, But I was shocked at the response from Pittsburgh. No one stepped in. No one jumped him. There wasn't really a fight. It's it's weird. I think that's another effect of Marshawn is you don't see him in too many fights for how big of a pest he is. Yeah, he's just a he's a little rat. He'll just go in, slash him, and he's out. <laughs> yeah, he's behind the six foot four uh, linesman. After that, yeah, I don't know. Boston's an interesting team. I think that's one of the few teams on my list that I could not predict. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the finals. 
And I wouldn't be shocked if they lost in game five of the first round of the playoffs. I think they're probably going to make the playoffs, but who knows? A lot going on with that team. Another news around the NHL, Jack Eichel, finally. We've been talking about him for like a year, and he hasn't played a game. He's making his debut on Wednesday for Vegas. Do you think this changes the outlook of anything? It's kind of like perfect timing because Stone, I think, is out for... He's on LTIR, so not not a bad situation when your organization can replace Stone with Eichel in the lineup. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, do you think he'll be kind of his normal self returning, or do you think it'll be kind of a bit of a learning curve for him? Yeah, I think it will take a little bit of time to get back into it for him. Like, he hasn't played, yeah, I guess it's been a year and a half almost, probably since he's been in, a, in an NHL environment. So um, I think it'll take him some time, but... I think he's going to do very well in Vegas. I actually just traded for him in uh, one of my fantasy leagues. It's a it's a five-man keeper, so you keep five guys every year. And uh, there's a team that was going for it. So I traded Hedman for him, kind of with some other pieces in Ooh. there. But uh, I wasn't really expecting Eichel to be back at all this year. So I'll, I'll take it, but my team, yeah, it's not very good. Hey, I like that. Fantasy D-men are overrated in my opinion. So getting Eichel, who's what, 25? Yeah, mate, yeah. If you can return to what he was, then you probably got the better end of that deal because Hedman's, Hedman's a stud, but he's not young by any means. So for a keeper league, that's probably a good yeah. one. No, I'm pretty happy with it. But I think, yeah, like I said, he's gonna. I think he's going to do really well in Vegas. Um, it was interesting with Stone. Like The only way they could really get Eichel into the lineup with salary cap issues was for Stone to go out, right? So um, it kind of worked perfectly for them to just transition that salary cap over. Um, and they're going to, I think their plan is to do something similar to Tampa Bay last year, where it was like kind of going into playoffs, you know, there's some weird rules around all the salary cap going into playoffs and, and you can kind of have more than, you know, the, the 82 or whatever. So, um, I think that's their plan. So yeah, I think, I think Vegas is a team to watch, especially in the playoffs They're They have, you know, like we said, that depth kind of all the way from top to bottom, maybe not so much in net. Um, that's kind of where their weak point is, but they've been they've been a Final Four team three of the last four years or whatever. So, I I, I mean they could definitely win this year. Yeah, they have all the pieces. You're not a big Robin Liner guy, eh? No, not really. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I wish they had Flurry. That was like the best tandem because you, they just would ride the hot hand in playoffs. It was great. Yeah, and that's what they'll miss, right? This year is like if Leonard isn't what he could be or what some people expect from him. Well, they don't have Mark Andre Fleury there to you know bail them out. So, yeah, no, for sure. And then speaking of Vegas, the last thing I think we should touch on is the NHL All Star Weekend. This has always been a weird few days for I think professional sports in general. It's like the All Star Games. It's kind of I don't know how to put it. It's kind of a joke in a sense, but I thought they did some cool things this year. So, Jay, did you watch any? I know that. For I think this was the first time in league history where they actually brought in guys for the skills comp that weren't all-stars. So it seemed to work out. Like the Trevor Zegers goal was awesome. He wasn't an all-star brought in. But uh, did you watch any of the weekend and what were your thoughts? Yeah, so like what you just said there, it's very similar to, you know, the NBA. And I, and I think maybe the MLB do is like they'll bring in guys that are really good at certain skills but not necessarily all-stars. Like for the dunk competition or for the home run derby. Um and I think it's great. That's what you want those guys there if they are kind of the best in the league at that. So seeing someone like Zegers, that was pretty fun to see him do the 
the blindfold. That was wild. Breakaway. I don't. I'm not sold on that. That was completely blindfolded because I don't know. There's how, no way. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that. Like he like picks the corner <laughs> with the shot. So I don't know. I couldn't walk five steps in front of me blindfolded without hitting something. Like there's no way he would even know where the puck is on his stick. But unless hey, he's I, just that good, he could be. Man, that guy's a human highlight reel. But that was probably the one most jaw-dropping like shootout goal I've ever seen, like all-star mm-hmm. game or regular season. That was yeah. crazy. Like the dodgeball um, outfit too. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, no, it was kind of fun. The skills comp was cool. I think uh, the fastest skater seemed to be actually kind of legit this this year. Like the guys were trying. So wait, was was Petra Angelo in that though? What's that? Yeah. Was Petra Angelo in the fastest skater? No, but he won the shootout. Oh, he was in the shootout. Yeah, it made no sense. Yeah, he yeah. just kind of did like a little, I don't know. Every guy on the ice could have done what Petra Angelo did in the shootout and he won. So I don't know what the voting system was. But Jay, I saw this on Twitter the other day. It was like proposed new formats for the All-Star actual game. Because I don't know if you watched. It's three on three. It's the four divisions. It's kind of boring. Like... There's no motivation or anything like that. So the two ideas, they're separate, but I want your thoughts on each one of them. The first was probably because we're salty about the Olympics, but making it uh, kind of the World Cup of Hockey format. So having like a Canada, US, Sweden, Russia, Finland, uh, then a rest of Europe team and an under 25 team, make it three on three in that way. Or the other idea, which I thought was pretty cool was pond hockey style. So no refs, just like no offsides, no icings, three on three within the divisions. Do you think those would be like worth trying to kind of like boost engagement for the all-star or no? Yeah, I like the second idea the most. Like I think that would, that'd be fun. Um, You might get a little bit, like if you do that, it would probably be more of a joke, right? Like guys would be just cherry picking and doing crazy passes up and stuff like that. But it would be very entertaining as a fan to watch that. So I like that idea. I think... You know, the World Cup idea would be cool to watch too, but, like, we have the World Cup. I think they're still going to be doing that. Um, hopefully, they'll be back in the Olympics soon. We have the World Champ. You know what I mean? There is there is a lot of country stuff already, and I think the NHL probably wants to stay away from that if they can. So, um, yeah, I but yeah. I like that second idea of just kind of a free-for-all pond hockey I style. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Another one is, like, baseball style. Just have, like, five-on-five five East versus West winning team gets home ice in the stanley cup finals like you could picture guys like mckinnon or stamkos being like hey boys can we like turn it on like i think that my team's gonna be in it and we would like home ice yeah and and that's what it was like 10 years ago i think in the nhl they still had the east versus west for home ice and stuff but yeah Yeah, i don't know it's it's still fun like i think it's cool seeing all the best players together um they're clearly hung over especially when you have it in vegas the boys are definitely not sleeping much that weekend, but it's fun to watch nonetheless. So Yeah, and it was cool to see like so many young guys there. Like you said, they weren't all there to be in the All Star game, but there was like, you know, Kachuk, Suzuki, Zegris, I don't know who else was there, but there was a ton, right? So uh that that's always good for the league to see. Yeah, the young guys probably can't even get in the clubs <laughs> in the US. They're so young, but uh I'm sure they found their way in and had a good time. All right, so let's get to some fantasy talk. Jay, who is your stud and your dud of this segment? I don't know if you've talked about these guys in the past, but 
both pretty good picks in my opinion. Yeah, so my my stud, um, I do have him in one of my my fantasy leagues. Uh, is Tim Stutzla from Ottawa. He, you know, it's taken him a little bit of time to kind of find his his game here in North America in the NHL. Um, he's a pretty electric player from Germany, um, and I think he's starting to find that game now. Uh, I was watching a game maybe like a week and a bit ago where they were in overtime and and he was all over the place that game like he was I think he had eight shots already before overtime and I, going into overtime I was I was sitting with my buddy and he's just like oh who's our who are we calling for the for the game and I said Stutzla is gonna score it and sure enough he came out of the corner and absolutely ripped one I think it might have been on was it Leonard was it Vegas they were playing but I don't know who they were playing I forget but it was an absolute snipe and it just goes to show like how skilled this guy is and what he could be in the NHL. So I'm putting him as my stud because I think he's probably still available in some leagues. I know um, he's kind of hovering. Probably the last couple weeks he's been playing well, so he's probably been picked up in most. But um, if he is available in yours, I think go grab him. I think he could go could go on a little tear at the end of the year. Who do you like more? If you were a GM, who would you take, Stutzler or Zegras? I like Stutzler more. Um, Whoa. Zegras, yeah, like... Zegris, I think, might be more skilled, but, like, I don't really love his style of it, like, trying. Like, he has that more of, I'm going to try really crazy things, and it's going to work, you know, one out of four times. And when it does work, I'm a highlight reel, but when it doesn't work, it's going to maybe hurt my team. Whereas I think, like, Stutzla watching him, like, he hits, he, you know, he's in the corner, he's digging, but he also does have a lot of skill. I think he's just a very good hockey player, um, and so I'd, I'd pick him over just the pure skill. Yeah, fair enough. Weirdly, he's a year younger than Zegers, too. I just looked that up, and he's played an extra year in the NHL. So crazy these guys are, like, 20 and are, are almost point-per-game guys. It's wild. Like, the NHL's getting so young. But who's your dad for this week, Jay? Yeah, I think I may have had him as my dad early in the year. But, I again, I have him in my fantasy, and he has just been brutal this year. And it's Elias Pettersson. Um, yeah, I mean, enough said. He just he has done nothing. He doesn't put up any points he doesn't hit he doesn't shoot that much he's he's been very disappointing he's been brutal um i think he's finally like before they brought in butrell he was just getting like peppered with first line power play time and was terrible out there and butrell is taking none of that i think he's like a third line wing guy now and that's probably where he deserves to be like he's so frustrating to watch because he's just pure skill but no back checking, no defense, no nothing. And he's not scoring either. So do you think this is a down year? Or do you think maybe he was just a little overhyped in his first couple of years with Vancouver? I, I may be a bit overhyped, but I do think it is a down year. Like in those first couple of years, you could see how good of a player. Like he has so much skill. So like it's there. Um, I think also just like it's been a tough year for Vancouver. They, I think they thought they were going to be a pretty good team this year, and it's just, you know, hasn't gone the way they were expecting. So I think probably, you know, there's a lot of negativity, um, not a lot of momentum, so that can always be hard. Um, and I'm hoping he bounces back next year because I'm going to keep him in my five-man keeper still. I have him, Pasternak, and, and Eichel now. So that's not a bad young three guys to build around. No, it's not bad at all, and it probably makes sense to keep him. You'd be selling pretty low if, uh, mm. if you were to sell him now. Yeah, exactly. How about you? Who's your fantasy stud and dud? Yeah, I went a little more chalk than you. So my stud is Mitch Marner. He is 
clicking well Toronto in general is clicking like I think he's had three multi-point games in his last five and this is kind of how you envision the Leafs playing right like they I think we mentioned this with Florida the last episode like they're the team if you just have a bunch of guys in fantasy they're scoring five six seven goals a game and now Toronto's kind of mimicking that and so it's good time if you're a fantasy owner with any of Marner, Tavares, Matthews, Riley, those guys. So he's been great, and uh, it looks like his play is pretty sustainable. Like I like what the Leafs have going for them. And then my dud is uh, a bit of a cop-out, but Mark Stone, I have him in my fantasy league. And, man, that's a guy you take in, like, the first couple rounds. And he's been a mix of injured to start the year, then came back, did nothing. And now he's injured to end the year. So frustrating guy. Uh, he's on LTIR. I think we mentioned that earlier. But I, at this point, you could probably drop him. Or uh, if you have a league mate that's not paying attention, maybe try and sell him and convince him that he's coming back for the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, the snake move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's classic. There's always a couple guys in each league. Yeah. Yeah, going off Marner, just your first point, um, you know, this is typical Leaf slash Marner, where it's very streaky, and when it's on, it's on, and, like, no one can touch them, but I'm just nervous that, you know, you know, this is the, the high before the low, um, especially going to playoffs, and if, you know, you know, things start, there's more pressure, and, and the fans are a little more in, on you and into it, like, I'm just a little worried that he can't keep that up, um, but with that sort of player like you're always going to get that streaky side of things he's a very streaky player we've seen that even when he was in junior and in world juniors and stuff like when he's feeling good he's feeling really good and when he's not it you can really tell so um definitely something he needs to work on still and, and kind of as he gets older he'll probably get better at but uh, it will be interesting to follow how he kind of does that heading into playoffs yeah it's the same thing as with leafs fans too is the regular season is so much different than playoffs and marner's probably culprit number one in terms of not showing up there but I'm excited for this year I think that's just as a naive Leafs fan we got to get excited and that well, brings us to gotta our get excited oh this is our year that's what I've been saying you know this is our year <laughs> not actually though we've been pretty hard on the Leafs but all right that leads in well to the believe it or not segment so I only have two for you Jay but both pretty relevant so my first one is this is a big change from the last episode where I said no Canadian teams will make the first round. I've done a 180. My first wow. believe it or not is one of Toronto or Calgary will be in the conference finals this year. I believe I'm going to say believable for sure. I believe it. Um, I'm hoping for both. Like we said, that would be an awesome Stanley Cup finals. Uh, but I think I think both teams, you know, with just the amount of talent they have and and everything like yeah definitely could go to the conference finals um again like we talked about i kind of see calgary having a better chance just with that grit with the coaching and everything there but um yeah i think i'll say believable yeah no i agree it's uh things are going well and uh if you're a canadian hockey fan like the leafs are hot right now calgary's looking to tool up for a run and they both should have good seeds in the playoffs so Home ice advantage could be huge, uh, especially when we get fans back in the building, hopefully for playoffs. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I know that we're only like halfway through the year, so yeah. we might have to curb also, that for a bit. But 
Yeah, I I do think like Edmonton's still gonna make the playoffs. I think. Yeah. I think they're only like a couple points out right now, and again, I think they're gonna get through this whole coaching change, and and McDavid and Drysdale are gonna, you know, kind of take the reins there and and still make the playoffs. Don't see them maybe going to the conference finals, especially because it would be maybe their first or couple first years of of being in the playoffs where you know they don't have a ton of experience but um i i do think you'll we'll see at least three teams and and three canadian teams in the playoffs yeah we, we've been shitting on the oilers a bit but they're actually seven two and one in their last ten so something's clicking there uh well maybe well it must have been the coaching must have been the coaching oh all right i'll cut that part of the episode <laughs> yeah us uh tearing apart that uh, decision but all right my second believe it or not I don't know if this is spicy or not, but we don't talk about them. No one talks about them. I think Minnesota is the most underrated team in the NHL, and they're a legit cup contender. So right now, they're second in the Western Conference. They're nine points back of Colorado, but they've played two less games. They're 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10, and that's beating teams in their last 10 games like Boston, Carolina. I think they beat Washington. Like, they're a legit team. I don't see many holes with them. Do you think they're a contender this year? Or do you think this is another case of Minnesota making the playoffs, maybe a first-round exit? Uh, I think right in the middle of both of those. Like, I think I, – I don't wouldn't call them a contender yet. I mean, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. Um, but I think, like, I could see them going, you know, a couple, maybe two or three rounds into the playoffs. They have a very good team. Like you said, they don't have many holes – um, they have, you know, some good kind of gritty veteran type players like Hartman, um, who, who bring that more physical side of things. But then they have, you know, Kaprizov, who probably one of the most skilled and talented players in the league right now. He's pretty, pretty fun to watch him. Um, yeah, so I don't see them having a ton of holes and, you know, just their style of hockey, very similar to the Islanders, um, where when it comes to playoffs, it might be a little bit more boring to watch, but it, it, it gets the job done. So um, I could see them going for a little run. Again, I don't really see them as a contender, but you never know. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, they'll be good. They'll be a team I feel like you don't want to play in the playoffs. Like They'll take anyone six or seven games, in my opinion, but I don't yeah, know I if they have the core pieces to to win those like do-or-die games, like you mentioned. Like Kaprizov's a great player, but has he ever done it before? I don't know. Like, I'd still... I'd still throw my money on Colorado or Vegas in that series, but it would be really close. Yeah. And then I think, you know, for the next few years, we're going to see, I think Minnesota's going in the right direction for sure. They've added some good young pieces that coming up through the system, like Marco Rossi and um, Matt Boldy is incredible. I think he got a hat trick last night again. Yeah, exactly. And like Joel Erickson Eck, like, yeah, they have some good young pieces in that that organization, along with Kaprizov, right? Um, I do think defensively they might need some some help in the coming years but i think this year they're, they're pretty good still yeah do you think they have the worst captain in the league like jared spurgeon's the most random captain i think Very if you had to random, rank like but... the best players as captains i'd probably put them last i can't think of anyone worse yeah no like but the thing is people like him apparently like people say on the team that he's a great captain but i just yeah you're right like it is very random like he's not in the spotlight at all and I think like that part of that has to do with he's in Minnesota, which <laughs> such a Minnesota thing. People watch. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well that's it for the believe it or not segment, and I think this is a good place to wrap the episode. Jay, any last thoughts before we uh, we cut this thing? 
No, it, it, I mean, it's it's fun to kind of be going into this time of the year. Um, I feel like oftentimes November, a little bit December, maybe even early January, kind of like a, a little bit of a down period in the NHL. You know, people are just, you're in going through the motions. There's not a ton of news out there. Um, but like you said, over the last two weeks, there's been, you know, seven or eight headline articles. And, uh, and uh, it's fun. So I think, you know, over the next few months, we're going to have a lot of content to talk about. So we'll try and keep doing these, these episodes every couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. You know, we got the trade deadline coming up and obviously the last third of the season is super fun to watch as a hockey fan because you have that clump of teams in each conference fighting for the last few spots. It's going to be exciting. We're going to finally have a lot to talk about headline wise. So yeah, we'll be back with another episode, uh, TBD, I guess, but hopefully in the next couple weeks. And thanks again for listening.